Hello and welcome to the Creative Lotus Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Zaki. Hello, Creative Lotus family. Welcome to this week's episode. On this week's episode, we have Arise Wanzer, transgender supermodel. Welcome, Arise. Hi, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just took my dog for a walk. Oh, fabulous. It's nice and gray out today. It's kind of cool, which is a nice change. Yes, I like that because then it's like kind of fine if she takes her time, but not today because we had something to do. But yeah, because sometimes she like drags her ass and I'm like, girl, it's hot. Can we speed this up? Like, oh my God. I love it. It's amazing. So um, for our listeners, can you give us a little background on kind of like where you were born and raised and kind of, you know, your your history? Okay. Uh, so I was born and raised, well, I was born in Woodbridge, Virginia. I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, but I'm from, I was raised in Woodbridge, Virginia, I'd say suburb of dc um lots of people that work at like the pentagon or reagan Mm -hmm. national airport live there (laughs) and so and i say that because my parents are like my dad is a pilot uh my mom was a flight attendant for 30 years and now she's a real estate broker and like my sister's a pilot her husband's a pilot my other sister's a dentist yeah so i come from these kind of people oh my my that dentist sister she's the second lady of virginia because my brother-in-law is the lieutenant governor of virginia Wow. Uh, yeah, we're like bougie. Yes, all <laughs> kinds of connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I just set that up as a backgrounder because, like, I think there's very much one narrative of like trans people of color that's ever told, mm-hmm. and it's like pose. And so, I think there's, I think that's a good story. It's a great history lesson, but it, it doesn't really reflect on how I was brought up. And I know at least two other trans girls from where I'm from mm-hmm. and they had like similar upbringings. And so like when we're watching stuff like that, like we often get pitied by like people in the real world where we're, they're just like, Oh my God. So how are things for you now? And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Right. I'm good, bitch. I got this. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, like, and again, like I love, I love pose. It's just like when Hollywood only tells one narrative, it's kind of dangerous. And I think that's the same for all minorities because you're only telling one side of the story. It's like, well, there's a lot of sides of the story. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, maybe include us in those. So, yeah, yeah so I, I feel like I have to highlight, like, just how I was raised because I just, um, yeah, I, I feel very lucky, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, I, I just had a really supportive family. Wow, that's fantastic. I love that. So yeah. speaking of that, I mean, similarly, you know, you didn't go into becoming a pilot or uh, working in the dental field or anything. So what was that like for you? Because I can relate. I mean, my family is all a bunch of dentists and people that work, you know, kind of quote unquote ordinary jobs. But to be an artist, um, kind of how does that work for you and your family dynamic? So uh, it's it's funny because they're it's like a like helicopter supportive, like where they're just like, okay, like if that's what you want to do. And I'm like, how come no one else got that speech? Because I think going to be a dentist is hard. Going to be a pilot is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to go into modeling and entertainment and everyone's like, mm, well, oh, if that's what you want to do. Like I was like signing up to go die somewhere. I don't know. Like, I'm like, I don't, it's not like I'm being shipped off someplace and you're never going to hear from me again. Like right. I'm going to Hollywood yeah. <laughs> or, or New York or, you know, just some city and I'm going to find people that are like me and they're going to celebrate me too. And I think when they don't, when they don't see that, like when they're used to something else, when they don't see that 
as being possible. They don't know anyone in that field or they don't know anyone who made it as an artist. Um, I think it's harder to grasp, which I think is fascinating because I think, I know all these people have faith in God. Never seen him before. You can't believe I can get a job <laughs> in Hollywood. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're almost like a trendsetter for your family then, right? In the sense that you're kind of breaking the ground for them to understand what it is. But I think that's also like a scary thing. And to your point where stories like Pose and other things that, you know, uh, depict trans folks, you know, in the community as this only this one thing, I'm sure that they had some kind of feeling of, you know, uh-uh, like we don't want that to happen to our daughter, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah no. And I think that's that's why it's dangerous, because even a family that I grew up in and knows that that's not my narrative was like, I don't want that to be your narrative. I'm like, why would that be my narrative? Like, I'm not going to be any different just because I left. Right. And so like, of course you grow and you become someone new, but I mean, like it can be someone's just more the way you are. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think sort of a trendsetter in that, but I think I just, I think I showed that it's absolutely possible because I did everything I said I was going to do. So I'm just curious as to kind of, um, did you come out to Los Angeles directly from home or was there multiple stops along the way? Oh God, uh, there were multiple stops. So when I was 18, I graduated from high school, like many of us do. And I moved to Miami and that's where I went to the art institute there. And, uh, cause my mom said I had to go to school. I couldn't just, you know, leave high school and go be a model. She's like, you have to have a plan B mm. because this your face and just and so she was supportive and that she let me pick something I liked mm-hmm. like I wasn't forced to go to the lawyer or anything like that and but I did have to go to school uh, which put me in a rack of debt um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I did finish but I went for fashion merchandising and marketing so I understood the business of fashion wow. a lot better model and so I didn't get uh, completely screwed over in a lot of my contracts in the beginning so that was good for me uh, so I, I do like that experience and I like um Something I learned from that, another thing I took from that was that I never really pay full price for clothes because I know what they're actually worth. Like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, this was made in Bangladesh. This isn't 100% cotton. This is garbage, mama. So I will wait till it goes on sale. And so yes, it's, it made me like smart frugal, like where I like, I'll get the things I like, like, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to overpay for anything. I'm like, I know what this is actually worth. So Absolutely. we're not going to do that. But yeah, after, but I did, I started modeling when I was 17 in Virginia of all places. So it was sort of DC. I was at John Casablanca's. Um, yeah. And I did like local penny saver catalogs, JC penny fashion shows at the mall, American Eagle fashion shows at the mall. Like this was the early 2000s is what 2004, 2003, 2004. And so like everyone, like they'll ask like all these young trans girls that I work with now and uh, like that are models and, you know, want to be models. They're like, Oh my God, like, how do I get started? I'm like, girl, I don't know. I used to walk around with a hard book and do mall fashion shows. You guys have Instagram where all these people can see you directly. We did not have that. Right. So I'm from a different time uh, where we were on foot trying to get, <laughs> trying to get signed. And so it's, it's true. We didn't, ha- you couldn't just email pictures. Nobody was going to answer you. And so uh, I started modeling at 17, and when I moved to Miami, I was working hard to get signed there, and I got signed uh, at, I think I was at Green first. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It was Green Modeling Agency. But uh, and then I got signed to Runways, and then I, I changed agencies like every six months in Miami because mm-hmm. I could read contracts. And so everybody wants to do a three-year exclusive. I was like, no, because I already knew that I was a gimmick mm-hmm. because I went from being on the 
androgynous board to being because I've never looked hella mask. But um, <laughs> but I went from being on the androgynous board to when I was nineteen, I came out uh, openly as trans. Because I've known I was trans my entire life. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't something that surprised me. I just didn't know if I was ever going to go through with it. Right. Because um, it's just a big decision. It wasn't normalized. It's not. It wasn't celebrated in the media. It was. Uh, sort of a bad thing. It was seen as a bad thing. You'd have only ever seen trans people on shows where they're making fun of them, like Jerry Springer or Maureen Povich. Right. Uh, but it's something to be admired or loved or celebrated. So I wasn't looking to change any of that. I just wanted to work. And so when people call me an activist, I'm just like, I really just wanted to get a job. I wanted to be successful in my field. And I wanted to just be a normal person, quote unquote, normal person. And so, um, yeah, I think... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just hate when people call me an activist because I'm like, I just wanted to get a job. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, I just happen to be trans and black. Where was I going with that? Oh, so so I'm jumping all around because you asked where I moved. And I'm like, oh, there's I guess there's a modeling story in there I have to get to because you're going to ask about my job. I love it. And so I signed with Green first and I changed agencies every like six months. And so I was at like, oh God, like 10 agencies in the five years I was with Wow. Uh, Miami. And so... That was great. I did a bunch of Miami Fashion Weeks. I did Swimsuit Week, Cruise Collections. Every hotel up and down Ocean Drive, I've probably done a fashion show at over the pool. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I can walk you through every single kitchen of that place and tell you where we started the runway line. Wow. Yeah, so that was a really interesting experience. But I know my fifth year in Miami, I graduated from school already. I lived in a beautiful one-bedroom apartment that I took for granted because I mm. didn't think things would be so crazy. Like, you know, like I didn't think rents would get this high in LA. I was like, oh, everything's always going to be like this with a great view and a washer dryer and a one bedroom and a walk-in closet on the Who 17th is she? floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a pool and a gym and a bodega downstairs and an office that you can call and they'll let you in your apartment. I was spoiled, honey. Wow. And so it was a different time. Welcome to 2005 kids. Yes. Anyway. So, God. So I think my fifth year in Miami, I just sort of plateaued because I remember walking into a fashion show and I knew everyone there. Mm-hmm. Like I knew the designer. I knew all the girls. They're like, hey, Reese. I'm like, hi. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> How am I supposed to have a real modeling career if all I do is swimsuit week and cruise collection? And I know everyone here. Like I'm not getting any better. Right. And like going to be on the cover of his Ocean Drive magazine. You know, you're not really being pushed for all these big things because, again, I'm trans and black. So I was hmm. a gimmick a little bit. So they use me in some great editorials, but that's kind of it. To look inclusive or like, we look at our freak. And that's how I would always say it. Like, look, look what we've got. We look, it's it's trans. Look, it's got breasts. Look. Stop. And so it was, it's because you just know. You're like, because if you look around a room and you're the only one that looks like you, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm the diversity hire. That's hmm. fun. Anyway, hmm. <laughs> at least I know. And so, like, I, I transitioned openly at 19, mm-hmm. uh, and I switched to the women's board. So I went from, like, the androgynous board to the women's board. And um, I remember my agent, Barbara, at the time, she was like, well, just don't get your tits too big, because you need to fit the clothes. It's all about fitting the clothes, because you can't have bazongas on your chest. And it, there was, it was really great, because I was still kind of supported. You know what I mean? Like, right. yes, I was their gimmick. Yes, but everybody saw me as a person and they were like, well, none of us are surprised that you're doing this. And Miami, I think, was a great place to transition because if you just walk Lincoln Road, you're going to see at least like seven trans women. And this is back then. Right. Um, and there were women like Erica Norell, uh, who works the nightlife scene, like that. There's just these beautiful trans women around constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke like, oh, my God, every trans woman in L.A. Look, in Miami looks like Sofia Vergara and some of them are even pushing shoulders. Yeah, like. Wow. They had 
boyfriends, they like they had they'd showed me that she could thrive like that. And mm -hmm. because I didn't like growing up, I didn't see that. And so I didn't know if I was ever going to go through with it. I was like, maybe I'll just stay on the androgynous kick. And I don't know if I can go through with the full thing because it's scary. I'd never seen it work out. I've only seen it made fun of. And so to see it work out there um, was a different thing. And so, yeah, I think there's a reason why they've hit us in the shadows and shown us in negative lights in the media for so long because they don't want to show people that this is something you can do and this is something you can be just fine as. And so I'm happy to be an example of that. And so, yeah, yeah, advocate, I don't know. Example, absolutely. Like, hmm. yeah, absolutely choose me as an example of what you can do with your life uh, if you're a young trans person of color or if you're not of color. But yeah, like if you're a young trans person who's wondering about themselves, you can do it and you can do it at whatever capacity or speed that you want to go at. And then, uh, Let's say, yeah, my fifth year in Miami, I was like done. I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. And so I remember I just didn't sign my lease hmm. and my parents helped me move. And uh, I think I moved back home or I was home for maybe two weeks. And then my brother's girlfriend was like, oh my God, I have to move to New York. I got a job. Uh, she started working at, what design house was it? She got a design job on like the design team. Cause you know, like designers don't actually design their own shit. There's a design team and they say exactly. yes and no. Exactly. Uh, like both work in fashion. We both know that. Some people listening do not know that. Guess yes. what? Mark Jacobs doesn't design shit. He is a merchandiser. He points at things and says yes from a design team of skilled professionals that are usually fresh out of school um, that he's going to take the credit for. Like my friend, I think, designed a Gucci belt. Like from mm. like at, and like all he could do is point at Vogue.com and say, I designed that belt. And I'm like, it just says Gucci on it, babe. It sucks. But that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. Until there are some changes made in this industry. But, you know. I guess it's working the way it is. So I'm not here to ruffle any feathers like that. I'm here to ruffle feathers in the modeling side. There we go. Um, yeah. So that was quite the tangent. I don't remember where she worked, by the way. I <laughs> cannot. Oh, it was Ely Tahari. Mm. Jesus. Not gonna I was not going to remember it unless I stopped thinking about it. That's amazing. So did that then take you to New York? Yeah, because she needed a roommate because I had kind of planned on staying home for like a month, two months, like however long I needed because I have a room and supportive parents. I was like, whatever. And uh, so I wasn't bound anywhere. So yeah, so then we, I was moving to New York in two weeks. And that's actually an interesting story because I hit the ground running in New York. Like I emailed, this is when email was a thing, guys. Like I was a little older and email started being a thing. And so I started emailing all of these. I emailed Wilhelmina. I emailed Ford, I emailed um, elite women, uh, New York models, red, everyone you can think of. Everybody told me no. Mm -hmm. um, they still tell me no today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, let's be honest. It's not like I'm some fucking juggernaut. They're just like, whatever, bitch. You're just some old trans person now. No, but it's fun. I, I, I celebrate it. I celebrate it. It's fine. I've, I've got great experiences. But I remember I sent out all my pictures. I got rejected. I went, uh, this is about two weeks into living in New York. We got a one, we both shared a one bedroom, mm. me and Karen, her name was irony, but uh, she's not a Karen. We love her. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> and she just has a shitty name for right now. Sorry, girl. <laughs> but, um, I know. Sorry, girl. Sorry, girl. But you know, the name is a little loaded now anyway. So, and she was white. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm not a white Karen. Exactly. Ah! Not a white Karen. No, she was lovely. She was lovely. But we shared a one-bedroom, um, pre-war, first-floor apartment in wow. 
163rd and between Riverside and Fort Washington to paint a picture for you New Yorkers. So we lived in Washington Heights and I loved it because I looked Dominican. So they were just hollering at me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like, Blaca, Blaquita. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Call me thin. Thanks. But um, and it's so stupid. Yeah, it was about two weeks into my New York move where I was kind of starting to panic because, okay, in Virginia, where I did not have rent, did I like my savings was cute. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can be here for a little while. I'm good, you know. But like, I don't know, six grand in New York does not get you very far. So I'm like, okay, I have to have something happen in the next two weeks or I'm dead. Dead, right. dead, dead, dead. Like dead on the sidewalk. And so, God, so I realized so after doing a bunch of go sees you know they're on thursdays and tuesdays and they're all Mm -hmm. at the same fucking time so you have to rush to this one rush to that one and try to do it like that open call bullshit where they're like they just they you take your hard book of Mm -hmm. real pictures and by this time i have an ipad kids i have an ipad with my pictures they scroll and because you got to stay up to date and um you're just getting told no by everybody by click by everybody i remember Mm -hmm. all of them so and i was just kind of panicked because i'm like what were five years of Miami Fashion Weeks and cruise collections and Ocean Drive magazines? And I think I even had a spread in V magazine with some models. And I was like, damn it, like none of that meant anything. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have any currency here because you're a Miami model. They're just like, oh, you know, come back next season. But I will say I was grateful because you got to see some bullshit. Like this is mm-hmm. before people were like offended openly on the internet or right. Yelp thing. So you'd see girls go in there because we're all in the same room and they'd be like, you should never be a model. I know you're pretty in your hometown of Iowa or whatever, but you're not a model. You'll never be a model. You're like girlfriend pretty. You're not model pretty. Don't come back here. Yeah, I've seen that a million times. A million times. I was like, oof. But they would talk to me. They'd be like, try again next season. We're not really doing that this season, but um, thanks for coming in. And I was like, phew. I'm like, I just got off really easy. (laughs) Wow, wow. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm like, they got that white girl together. Right. Anyway. Cut her to bits. Yeah, it, it is- <laughs> Say that again. I said, cut her to bits. What the hell? In front of everybody. And these girls would be crying. And you see them waiting outside. And you're just like, good luck. <laughs> they're like, Jesus, let me just get out of here. And so it didn't seem like it was that bad. But then I realized, you know, I'm not a traditional girl. So I couldn't go about this a traditional way. And mm. so... I remember like it just it was like a light bulb went off because I was kind of panicked sitting on the floor in my apartment while my roommates at work. I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? I'm just sitting there with my laptop open. And I'm like, who do I send my resume to now? I think I'd gone through the whole gamut of agencies. And so light bulb goes off. I have a degree in fashion. And so I said, are you accepting to all these same agencies? Are you accepting? um, What was it called? A model booker? No. I remember I haven't had a real job in years. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, like a entry level position. There we go. Mm. I said, are you hiring for entry level position, reception, or interns? Mm. And so, and then I, I my degree and my resume because I was a fashion merchandiser at French Connection for years. Mm. And so, and I was also a fashion merchandiser at, um, and that's someone who does the windows, does the floor floor design, floor sets, rollouts. Like I, all of it. Yeah, I'm I'm very privy to retail and so i did that at french connection which is uh the acronym fuck french connection united kingdom if everyone remembers the shirts that were popular once at a time so i was their visual merchandiser for years uh both in well first in miami and then in new york a little later but Mm. because this model wasn't successful had to do a side hustle so (laughs) but um so we'll get to that in a second but um long story long 
But uh, it's just because this is the interesting part. So I was like, I can't go about this traditional way, a traditional way. So I get an email back after just sending a, like two or three emails to different agencies mm-hmm. from Ford Models. Mm-hmm. And they said, can you can you talk right now? I said, yeah. And then this girl, Rachel Walgrove, who I'm still friends with today, calls me and says, hey, I love your name. So you can come in tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Um, and I said, really? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. I said, you don't need to interview me? She goes, no, you seem cool. <laughs> she, she, wow. So, yeah, and I, she said, I love your name. She goes, okay, I'll see you tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Um, you're going to start at the 57th and 5th office. Uh, it's the newer office in the penthouse. I said, okay. Wow. And so I go in there with my, like, little briefcase bag thing, uh, very, like, very Devil Wears Prada. Like, I was Living. wearing, like, a suit jacket and, a, like, in a dress, like a short dress. Not Andy. Like, just Here a, she comes. Yeah, with uh, with my ballet flats on. And uh, my minimal makeup. And I remember going to the office and they're like, all right, you can have a seat over there. And they just like show you start how to start shoveling papers, filing the models, mm. getting the girls on the board. Because like who's putting all those girls faces up on that wall? It is interns, guys. It's interns. Yep. And so I was an intern, $75 a week. Oh. Um, and I was there for almost four months. Wow. But But in my first two weeks, this happened. Okay. And so I'm in there and I don't know why my neighbor's wearing clogs right now. I don't know if you guys heard that, but okay. Is this the conjuring? What was that? Anyway, like get a grip. Shouldn't you be at work? Anyway, but, <laughs> get a um, job. Really? Yeah, I know. Look, what time is it? Uh, I'm the only one that's supposed to be up right now. And so I started studying the models like, cause I, I wasn't a New York model. I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to present myself as. So Everyone is in a black tank and short shorts or a black tank and skinny jeans and mm. a sensible heel that you can walk in, show that you can walk in. And everybody's hair was pulled out of their face and they had clean makeup, just a little mascara, a little concealer. That's it. Mm. And so I started coming in every day dressed like that. Got it. And I remember one day Peter Sedano pulled me aside and this is during fashion week and uh, this like or fashion week was about to start casting. Mm-hmm. And so. Again, this is like two weeks in and they, I'm lying. It was a fashion week. It was a campaign. Mm. It was a campaign. So pulls me aside. He goes, hi, what's your name? I said, Arise. Like I'd only been there two weeks. And he goes, can you come over here really quick? And he puts me on the Polaroid wall where they take all the girls' Polaroids. And he starts taking Polaroids. He's like, turn left, turn right, turn forward. I said, okay. And no one knew I was a model. I didn't mention that ever. Right. Because then, you know, if I get fired for having like a hidden motive, he goes, okay, thank you. And he goes and sits down. I don't hear from him the rest of the day. It happened early in the morning and it's five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm parking to leave. Uh, no, I'm like packing to leave. And he stops me. And he goes, hey, so you've been optioned for Givenchy. So you're on hold right now. He's like, so you need to stay in town. So if you're thinking about quitting, this isn't the time. I said, what? <laughs> wow. I'm on, I'm on hold for Givenchy with those girls up there. Yes. And bitch. only a few of them got on hold. I was like, Okay. I was like, okay. I was like, this, no, and I remember I, I walked, I got into the elevator and I was by myself and I just started laughing like a psychopath. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it worked. God, it worked. And so I think it was like another two weeks and I didn't get the Givenchy gig. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that specifically because I really wanted it just because it would have really rocked everyone's fucking socks for two weeks in New York for yeah. going from intern to like Givenchy at. And so I was really like, I was like, damn it. But you know, that's the industry. So I wasn't right. too blown, but I was like, okay. This isn't my last shot, though. So I kept coming in, blank, black tank top, short shorts, black tank tops. It's like one more week where um, Peter, I didn't know, but he sent my Polaroids to someone else. Hmm. And it's the end of the day. I'm packing my stuff to leave. 
and they get a call and Peter goes, okay, they want to talk to you, Paul. And it's Paul Rowland, who was Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss is one of the, one of their first agents wow. uh, back in the nineties. And so he was in charge of the whole division of Ford at the time. And, uh, he had his own office. So he comes out of his office. Uh, he would sashay out. He was absolutely fabulous. I will always love Paul Rowland, but, um, he comes out and he takes this call and I've never seen him take a call on one of the regular phones. And so he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, she'll be there at eight o'clock. Yeah, she'll be there at eight o'clock in the morning. Her nails will be clean. Everything will be perfect. And he walks over to my desk and he goes, I need to see you in my office. He goes, and then he says to everyone, he goes, Arise got de Marchelier. I was like, ah! and so, I was like, what? And so I'm shaking because he shuts the door behind him in the office. He goes, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm an intern. You know, I, was looking into, you know, being a booker. He goes, don't lie to me. He said, what are you doing here? Lynn. And I had to sit my hands because I'm shaking. I was like, they're going to throw me on my ass. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I've been a model for five years and nobody would say yes to me. And so I'm trans, I'm black. I said, I'm new to New York. I said, and I knew I couldn't go about this traditional route. So I had to put myself in your face every day to to show you I was worth a damn. Right. And he said, well, it worked. He's like, you will be at Patrick DeMarchelier's office on time tomorrow. You're representing Ford Models. He's like, so he's like, because we're representing you now. I was like, oh, wow. He said, you're going to continue with your intern duties. We're going to see how you do here. And he's like, but you are shooting with Patrick Marshall for Love Magazine. And so I did. Wow. Um, and you need to shoot with Mario Sorrenti for Purple Magazine. I shot with a lot of really great, great people. Um, I did a D squared campaign. Like I just like it went. So three years later. Uh, I was Ford still. <laughs> Cut to three years later. Here we go. Three years later, I was still at Ford. But, um, and I was in this Ford, uh, I was in this V Magazine spread that I still have. Uh, and it was uh, the powerhouse issue. Mm -hmm. And I'm front and center for all the Ford models. And I'm topless, dressed like Cleopatra. It was fabulous. Love it. But, uh, yeah, but again, no one knows any of this. Because this is before, like, Instagram was, like, big. And so, like... They're like, look at all these new trans models. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Hi. Here? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was digging trenches before that bitch was even legally Born. a person. Yeah. I was going to say, she's like, what, 15? I'm like, I did this 15 years ago. You got to be fucking kidding me. Anyway, but I didn't have a publicist, so fuck my drag, right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be normal. And it worked, apparently. And so, um, but yeah, three years later, um, the Ford division broke up. Mm. Uh and Paul Rowland left, um, everybody like dispersed, went their different ways. And I was dropped, mm. uh, as one is. And, um, and I'd worked the front desk for years too. Like I was like, I was in Ford y'all. So I don't ever say the name, but I'm like, I'm talking to another fashion person. So you understand the gravitas of it. So it's like, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's different. And so, um, then I signed, I got signed like a week later. It was so much easier to get signed once you say I was at Ford and this is my resume now. Right. And so I was signed to BMG like a week later. Um, nice. And so I was with them for a little while. I don't remember how long because I didn't renew my lease in New York. And I was like, I just, I can't do this modeling thing anymore. I think I was 123 pounds and six feet tall. I was booking, but girl, she was exhausted. I was Seriously. so tired. And I was in my late twenties. And I was like, I'm really tired. I don't want to keep doing, I can't keep doing this. And mm. so I literally, my best friend, Natalia still lives in LA, but she was like, you should come to LA. Like, mm. cause I'd visited her once or twice. And I was like, you know what? I loved LA. And, uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to quit modeling. I didn't want to model anymore. I wanted to date surfers and work at Starbucks. I, I was it. like, I will. 
yeah, I was. I just wanted to be a normal person. I was like, I'll have a studio apartment. I'll just date surfers and work at Starbucks. That was my only goal. Wow. And um, and I did date surfers and never worked at Starbucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I moved to LA uh, after three years in New York. It's uh, I moved to LA. This is after actually I have to move. I had to move back home for two months. I think I was home for two months because I had contracts with BMG and I had some work I had to do. Mm. But thanks to my flight family, I flew for free. Amazing. And so I got my standby ticket and I would go back whenever I had a contract job because they could sue me because mm. I already got these jobs that they got me. So I had to continue with my contract. So if everyone hears that, I'm still good on a contract. Ew. I know how to read. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I went through with all my contractual shit. And so I got all that work done. And then I, su- I think the the day I was done, the next day, I bought a no return ticket to my uh, to LA mm-hmm. with $136 and two suitcases. Wow. And I went, slept on Talia's couch. And, um, and then I went and slept on my friend Jen's couch in Burbank for seven months. And I remember, because I had no money, like I, the little money I had was coming in from BMG, but you know, they have like 30 days, 90 days to pay you. Like these are, these are modeling gigs. Like yes. so it's when it's coming, <laughs> fingers crossed. So, yeah. Um, so like I was couch crashing for, I think like my first, almost, I think my first 10 months in LA. Cause mm-hmm. I was at Talia's for two months and I was in Burbank for seven months. And then I finally got roommates and lived in a share house for a while. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot, it was a long, hard road, but I remember I was a little hopeless as to what to do with myself. Uh, cause I wanted to quit modeling. I was applying at Starbucks. Nobody was hiring me. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it was my second month on the couch in Burbank where I woke up and all these people had like messaged me and they're like, Oh my God, congratulations, girl. And out magazine had named me one of the top 10 transgender models in history along to, alongside like people like Olivia um, from the ballroom scene, uh, no, not Olivia, Octavia yes. from the ballroom scene, uh, alongside, um, God, like Caroline Cossey, like just like big heavy hitters that were transgender models. And I had no connects at out magazine. I had quit modeling months before and I thought, Oh my God, someone saw me. Wow. Someone thought I was good. And someone said I was one of the best in history. And so, um, and Andreja Pajik wasn't even on the list because she was not as trans yet. And mm. so it was very like, that's when I knew I couldn't quit right away. And so I was writing freelance because I'm also a writer. Fun fact. Um, and so I started writing, I was writing for a trans magazine called Original Plumbing and I was their Carrie Bradshaw. So I'd write all my dating stories, uh, dating horror stories, dating good stories, but uh, Original Plumbing, pun intended, by the way, it's a trans magazine. Ha ha ha. So I was writing for them and I, that's where I met my now agent and agency owner and because he was doing a movie a documentary called what's the tea and i think it's available on amazon and hulu um right now but he wanted me to do the first press for them because he loved my dating articles and mm. so i was we were at tart on fairfax i'll never forget because every time i pass that place i think of how that meeting changed my entire trajectory wow uh, because i was sitting there with him and we're there for like two hours bottomless brunch and he's like why aren't you a model you should be modeling i think you're so gorgeous and i was like no, I've left that behind me. I don't model anymore. I'm a serious writer and I'm going to write and work at Starbucks eventually when someone gives me a job there. He was like, well, what if I could get you signed in my friend's agency in Thailand? He has an all trans division. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I guess so. Like it's LA. So I thought he was blowing smoke up my ass. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever, dude. Right. And uh, like, it was like a week later. Um, I see that my face is up on the board at this all trans agency uh, that will go unnamed right now because yuck, I don't want to give them a platform. 
But uh, and then he's like, hey, so I'm working on this show, like on a pitch for a show about the agency. Um, would you want to be into that? Like, would you want to be on TV with all these other girls? And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, sure. And so he starts recruiting girls from all around the country, like Dominique Jackson. Yep. She was in the reel. So Dominique from Pose. Dominique Jackson was in the first reel for a show that would go on to be strut just that I think 10 months later would be on like filming and be on TV. Wow. And so that is what, yeah. And that's what launched the rest of my modeling career is I was on strut, uh, on oxygen produced by Wolfie Goldberg. I've been to both her houses. Um, I think she might have more, but she's got one in central <laughs> park West, yeah, one in central park West. And then one, uh, in orange, New Jersey, which is a gorgeous mansion. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean like she's a really nice lady. Uh, and she was, she was exactly what you'd expect. She's Whoopi Goldberg, but uh, she's like the auntie you always had, but never had. Mm. But I mean, like just that meeting alone, like always say yes to things, kids. Like if you don't have a gut feeling where it's a bad idea, just go for it because you might end up on TV and end up a famous model in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm going to be 35 in October and I have done some of the biggest things in my life on this end of it. When people told me my career would be over at 25. And right. so just lasts as long as you do if you want to do this and you have a passion for it and you like it this is your industry i love fashion i'm always going to be here fantastic wow that's incredible i think yeah so many people know your story from kind of what they've seen on social media or as you said on television but um all these details and all the other stories that i'm sure you have you know 10 times more people don't really hear about yeah Yeah, yeah and that's again that's why like I sort of get into de- to the details of it because I want everyone to know like there was a lot of luck involved, but also a lot of yes and a lot of giving myself a chance. I always gave myself a chance because I thought, well, why not? Well, why not? why not me? Why not me? Like, yes, I'm scared. I was scared for every single thing I did, every move I made, every time I was being sneaky, you know, because <laughs> I had to sneak my way in the door sometimes because nobody wanted to see me. And so but I gave myself a chance. I'm like, the worst they can say is no. And the worst I can do, they can do is reject me. And that is not that bad. Like rejecting yourself is way worse. Like, please give yourself a chance. Go for it. Say yes to yourself. Because I, my life would be vastly different had I said no to some of these things. And so I said yes. And I said yes to me. And I am exactly what I wanted. So kind of sharing, um, maybe what are your personal struggles, uh, that you've had to kind of go through, uh, to really stay creative and like keep you motivated though. And like stay in this crazy field that we, you know, both work in. I think what I, it's funny. I used to read fashion magazines, like cover to cover. People say that I mean it cause I actually like to read too. Yes. And so like after being in the industry so long, I can't do that because you just see who got the booking and you didn't. And you're just like her and <laughs> Her again? Right. Really? I'm so sick of this hoe's face. And you're like, <laughs> like you're just like, oh, I'm like, I needed that forty thousand dollars. Seriously. You're just like, ah, oh, this bitch. And you're like, who shot this? Who shot this? Exactly. What? He could have called me. I'm <laughs> just like, ah. Oh. And so you're just like, God damn it. And so it just, it's, it's a competitive business, and you're just like, okay. But you just start to see things for what they are. You just see the business side of it versus the really pretty side or selling a fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware that I'm selling the fantasy. And so one of the struggles I have um, are actually with younger people who a lot of Gen Z, and this isn't targeting anyone, but they're very into this instant gratification, Instagram, Insta likes, Insta posts, Insta thoughts. Inst- it's instant. Right. Everything's instant. And so they think they're going to be Bella Hadid, their first run in, 
like mm-hmm. their first year into the industry. And I'm like, honey, you have to understand the industry. This is a business. Mm-hmm. And for every dollar you earn, someone has to pay. That's from Gia herself. Okay. <laughs> and so one of the greats. And so study your greats, kids. And so what bothers me about it is that like they get butt hurt if they're not super famous like a year in. I'm like, honey, you're not Cara Delevingne. You're not the Hadiths. They were born very rich. They weren't born rich. They were born wealthy. Like their right. money makes the bank. And that's not even their money. It was their parents' money. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they're on third base. They're going to make it home. Like, of course. Yeah. Of course. So you can't beat yourself up for not being there. Like, am I – like, that's – I. I always use the hyphen transgender supermodel. I am a transgender supermodel. There's never been one like me. Right. Been absolutely transgender supermodels, but I mean, I'm right up there with them. And I hold that title because I've done Lululemon, Ford models, um, Lucky Brand jeans. I've like I've done mainstream shit. I've done V Magazine, D Squared, everything. And so I did the things I came here to do. I'm not done per se, but I mean. I'm not going to diminish. Oh, I've been in Vogue four times. You know, so yes, Vogue attached Germany. Yeah, Vogue US. I'm just like, a lot of these girls don't have these resumes and they make millions more than I do. Hmm. But that's not what it's about. It's about nepotism sometimes and it's about who you're connected to. And so I'm happy to have the connections I have. I just, yes, I wish there were more eyes on me, but at the same time, I'm very, I'm a very content human being. I'm like, you know what? I'm very lucky. I'm loved. I have family. I have friends. Uh, I love my place. I love my dog. Um, I like my life. Like I, it's pretty good, you know. Um, and if young, if nine year old me could see me now, they would gag. They'd be like, "Wow, wow!" Like I'm a grown ass woman, and I like did that. Like I did exactly what I set out to do. Mm. But yeah, I want again. It's for these kids to give themselves a chance. I think it's really hard for me to watch and to listen to because I deal with younger people at my agency because I'm like the big sister of the agency at this point. So mm-hmm. they ask me things and they'll be in my DMs like, what am I doing wrong? I've been modeling for seven months and I've only made $700. I'm like, you made $700 your first seven months? Right. Like that. Yeah, I was going to say, honey, I was hitting the pavement working for free 99. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm working for clothes. I was a master seller in New York. Do you know how much Alexander Wang I sold on fucking eBay because of gifting clothes? So much. Yeah. So much. And so they don't, they don't pay you fairly all the time. And if you do high fashion, honey, that's not going to be high in your finances. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like high fashion does not like that unless you get a fragrance campaign or like an exclusive. And so you have to understand the business to know that part. And so if you're doing a runway, girl, that's just a couple hundred bucks. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's going to look good on your resume, but it's not going to pay the bills. And so that's another reason I'm glad I'm in LA because now I can eat food. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat food and I, it's more of a lifestyle thing where you have to look healthy. So it's, it's a little better for my mental health, which is great. Cause that's, I always tell people New York is a young girl's game. Like I can't, mm. I can't be 123 pounds anymore. I like, wait, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's not physically possible anymore. I'm like, this is intense for someone in their mid thirties. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, but I'm happy to be in LA and uh, this industry is much more, fitness and health based and mm-hmm. lifestyle and it pays lifestyle and commercial pay honey yes like lululemon pays lucky brand jeans pay like these things give you dividends and so mm-hmm. that's i'm happy to be in those things and not in the high fashion things unless i get a fragrance campaign tom ford i'm looking at you um i would love to be the face of black orchid because i'm kind of a black orchid myself yes um, <laughs> hair flip just whoop Right, that's right, honey. <laughs> but um, the tea. Uh, but 
yeah, I want these kids. It's hard to watch these kids just be so angry about where they're at and compare themselves to people who put in a lot more work or were born on third base. I'm mm. like, don't compare yourself to them. That is right. a fight not going to win. And you're doing something else. Like I'm not like I wasn't meant to make a million dollars my first year in. I was meant to dig the trenches for there to be a whole agency built around me later. And so because Slay Models and my agent will tell everyone this because he met me at Tarte as a writer mm -hmm. it was built around me. He said, OK, we're going to separate from the Thai place because they didn't want to uh, include him into the show that he was producing. Oh, wow. And so because it's producing the show Strut and they were kind of trying to cut him out of the deal. And that's why I don't say their name, because they could be like, that's slander. And I'm like, well, that's the truth. We have the emails. Anyway, like, <laughs> we got the receipts, bitch. Don't come for us. Yeah, receipts if you really want to go there. But they wanted to cut him out of the deal. And he said, look, will you do this with me? Um, he's like, you'd be my first signee. I'm building this around you. So you're gonna have to tell me what to do. Wow. And so I said, absolutely, let's do it. And I was on the phone with him almost his whole seven hour drive to Sacramento to get his to the better, to get to the better business bureau to get his license to open up an agency wow. in California. So he's in the waiting room coming up with names or coming up like and he came up with slay models but we he'd call back and be like that one's taken call back that was taken too like okay, that one's taken too i'm like okay try this one that one doesn't work try this one and so we came up with this together but it was built around me and so now i get to see tens of girls now because it's been open for six years mm -hmm. like we've been open and strong for six years we have girls in build bridal we have girls that were just featured in Harper's Bazaar Vietnam. Yes. Um, like, and so I'm, oh, we have a girl in a Biore commercial right now. Um, they're doing big things. Like what, one of our uh, NBs, uh, it's non-binary kids, if you don't know, I think the kids know, but um, <laughs> they're on a billboard for uh, Sweet Greens. Wow. On the, yeah, all over Hollywood. Like I see them everywhere. I'm just like, oh my God, that's, so I'm like, get the fuck. Like, we're doing big things. Like, we're getting trans people work. And so I, when I watch them succeed, I know I didn't do this for nothing. Mm. And so they are my like, I'm not having kids. These are my kids. I mm. need you guys to do it better than I did it because I really opened a door for you. Please walk on in mm. because it was hard. And I had to sneak my way in half the time. <laughs> so right. like now they're calling us like they call us to give us these jobs and ask for you know, we need like six, seven girls because we need a trans girl for this for this gig because now people are being inclusive. Now people see us as human beings. Now people, the minds are changing and they change in a very short time because mm. luckily I still look like this. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I didn't completely miss the button. I'm like, oh, thank God, they're still hiring. Don't mind if I do. But, um, <laughs> but so, yeah, I think that's one of my struggles as a model is seeing... Um, the young ones struggle, the young trans ones struggle and think it should be easier for them. I'm like, honey, it's already easier for you. You've got to just keep going. You got to keep going. Trudge yeah. up those stairs. It's not easy. Yeah. Do you consider yourself to be like a mentor to them or is it more of just kind of like, like you said, kind of the mother figure, but what is your, the extent, I guess, of the support that you give to these young models? It's funny, I didn't used to be because I was just one of their peers, mm -hmm. but uh, with a new crop of girls, they needed a lot of help. They don't know anything about the industry, like nothing. Right. And so I'm thinking about how green I was once upon a time and how much I didn't know. And so we literally just had a Zoom meeting last week with um, almost all the models. Some of them couldn't make it, but it was me, Cecilio, and he's talking, telling them what to expect. Uh, like they have... Like we have full use because we have our agency is downtown. We have a hard agency, like a real 
in yeah. the downtown. Uh, and it's absolutely beautiful. And we have a photo studio in there. He goes, if you want to test with a photographer you like, you can just come in. Like, just, you know, he's like, and he, he's always like, don't come in on the weekends because that building doesn't have AC on the weekends. He's like, because it's down, <laughs> downtown. That's just the way things are. It's a warehouse. So but it's a converted warehouse. Now it's like really nice and pretty. So, but he, it's open to all the models. If you're a side slay model, you can come in anytime and shoot whatever you want to shoot. Like, like we shoot stuff in there. We shoot our Polaroids in there. We shoot our digitals, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's, it's a real working agency. And so uh, we want the girls to know the access they have there. And, um, because I haven't used it because I don't, I don't need new digitals. I'm a hundred years old. Stop. <laughs> like, everyone cannot. knows what I like. <laughs> All the contractors <laughs> know exactly who the fuck I am. They know what I look like. You know, it's consistent. Direct booking. Yeah, direct booking, please. Like, thank you. Like, for Arise, direct booking, please, because she's too old to go to Burbank for your casting. Stop. Anyway. Hair flip again. Yes. I know. I know. I have to. No, but it's, no, I'm not above anything. But I will say, like, it's just, I'm very consistent. Like, I'm a consistent hire. I'm like, you, you're going to get exactly what shirt you're hiring because I'm a consummate professional. But the point is, like, I just, I've become. Yeah, I'm more of a mentor now because I have them in my DMs now since the meeting and they're like, hey, so I was thinking about this. So what do you think about this? So what do you think about this photographer? And then I look at the photographer and I'm like, these are wedding photos. You don't mm. want that. <laughs> You're like, because wedding photos, they've come a long way. I'm not insulting wedding photographers. They've come a long way, but some of them are hokey as fuck. And I'm just like, you don't want that in your book, honey. If you can't use it, he shouldn't be using it and you don't want it out there. So let's go for higher art, like higher. You're going to want high quality good images so that you can use them otherwise you just wasted an afternoon yeah absolutely so, yeah like you get it <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I was like i knew you get it and so um yeah I'm, I'm teaching them now so i'm a fresh mentor i'll say because that wasn't a responsibility i was taking on because it's a lot of it's a lot of kids and you're just but now like with the pandemic i kind of have the time mm -hmm. i'm like okay <laughs> like i guess i can talk to you yeah sure yeah, I can I can text you back and forth. That's fine. It's not going to take too much of my energy. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm totally available. I love it. Uh, what do you consider to be your greatest strength through all of this that you just kind of shared with us? Something that you consider to be your personal strength? My personal strength uh, that other people see that I'm going to attest to something else is my confidence. Mm -hmm. Everyone says I'm so confident and I'm so sure. I'm just as afraid as everybody else. It's just I'm not going to quit hmm. on my now, if because if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. And so try it. Just fucking try it. Try everything you want to try. If it's not hurting anybody, um, if it can make you happier, fucking try it. And so I'm always going to try it. I'm always going to do exactly what I want to do. I don't care if anyone else wants to join me. I'm going to do what I want. But I get that from my support system mm. because that's how my mom raised me. She said, always do what's going to make you happy because this is the only place you have to live. Right. Make a nice house. And so you want to, you want to be, you want a life that you're proud of. And so even on my brokest days, even on days I was sleeping on a couch, I still woke up to news that I made a difference in, in an entire community. Okay. So, so I made, a, I made a difference. Like no matter, no matter how long I was here on this planet, I made a, just an inkling of a difference, uh, to make people like me's lives better. And that makes me feel like none of this, this wasn't all for nothing. And so nothing I do is for the greater good of just equality. And so, but I get that from, so she is my strength bearer because she just, anytime I have doubts about myself, I can call my mom 
and she's got her pom-poms up just cheering me on. Like, nope, you can do it. You look amazing. Everyone's going to realize how great you are. You're smart. You're articulate. You're funny. She's like, they're going to pick you. And then sometimes they don't pick me. But <laughs> but I do remember all the things she said because she's not just saying it because she's my mom. It's because I've proven to everyone that I'm worth a damn. And so, including myself, like, I think I'm worth a damn. So you just have to keep trying to sell it. Absolutely. So you kind of have mentioned so many successes that you've had in your career thus far. So was there ever a moment either now or, you know, then where you felt like you had quote unquote made it? Or is that still kind of a process that you were constantly seeking? Uh, you know, I felt like I had made it. I want to say it wasn't last year. Last year, I hosted our first Slay Model competition where we sign uh, one or two girls, but mm -hmm. one wins the whole competition and gets like prizes and stuff. So last year it was a little like surreal. I had a lot going on. I had other campaigns and stuff I was doing. So I was just kind of like, okay, it's another hosting job. I hosted pride. You know what I mean? So I was just like, okay, girl, that's great. Whatever. Right. Um, I'll host this little competition that was built around me once upon a time. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and so <laughs> for granted, but I was just so busy. I couldn't really wrap my head around it. But then after the pandemic happened, we had our second one, we're supposed to have our second one, obviously, earlier than that. But we had our second one this uh, past, I think it was in June. Did we mm -hmm. have it in June or July? I think it was July. I can't remember. Anyway, but we did it. And I'm hosting. And I walk out there. And I see all these girls looking up at me and mm -hmm. looking up to me. And I've got, like, a fitting upstairs in two minutes uh, with just, like, $30,000 dresses. Mm -hmm. I have my own hair and makeup artist. I drove there in my Corvette. I was just like, I did it. And I see Slay Models competition 2021 on the wall. And I just thought, like, I, um, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that hit. Okay. Um, I was here. Yeah. Like, that's that. Like, I was here. Like, I was here on this planet. And I made a big difference. Yeah, because this is all built around me, and I forget that sometimes. And now, that's when I felt like I made it. Like I, I had it all right there. Wow! Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, no, I think yeah. <laughs> you're like someone get this woman a tissue. Damn it! <laughs> Coming. Yeah, that was a good question. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think that's huge. I think that you know, your impact. And like you said, everything that you've done is kind of leading up to this moment to make a change, you know, in this industry, but just in the community in general, you know, and yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's not lost on me. I just, you know, you're, you live in your everyday and you just, you're just moving. It's the rat race. They're trying to keep your, trying to do your next thing, trying to do your next thing. Cause I don't think about yesterday. I have to work on next season. Like it, it's just, What's next? What's next? What's next? It's the fashion industry. So I'm never thinking about what I did. I'm thinking about where is it going? Where is it going? Where is it going? What's, what impact is this going to make? What, uh, how much money am I going to make? Like I, hope it's <laughs> time. like, I hope it's better this time. Yeah, you get lost in the rat race and you forget, like, this is changing the world. Like, mm -hmm. the planet Earth is changed because of this. Because this did not exist just 10 years ago and it wasn't allowed <laughs> like it fully wasn't allowed. Right. Yeah. They still don't want us in public spaces. That's why they want to have bathroom laws because they don't want us out in public. That's 
because that's it's an attack on uh, like it's just human decency and just being uh, in public. Because if you can't go to the bathroom, you always have to go home, which means you're always going to be in hiding. Right. So they want to keep us in the shadows, and that's not lost on me either. And so to be so out in the forefront and be so uh, visible is just so important, and it's so important to share all these other stories. And yeah, I'm so grateful to have met people like Cecilio, who have just launched, relaunched my career when I thought it was dead in um, with surfers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So kind of going both back and forth, if you will, what do you find brings you the most happiness now versus maybe when you first started out going to New York and kind of, or even Miami, um, you know, working there? Uh, I think the thing that makes me most happy now is um, just this time I get to spend with my friends. Like I love having a social life. I love being a socialite. Like mm-hmm. I'm at the opening of every envelope. I love red carpet events. I love parties. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm so invite me. I am there. Like, and if I'm not there, I have such FOMO. I am just, if I don't make it to your thing, I'm more pissed off than you. I live. I'm like, I, I couldn't make it to that fucking thing. I'm like, I have the perfect outfit. Like I was going to look phenomenal and I was going to talk to everybody. Cause I just love to talk to meet new people. I have so much fun. Mm. And I wish that what got me into hosting gigs, uh, which is great. I love hosting now. But, um, the thing that used to make me the most happy was seeing my eyes to the, um, I was seeing myself through the eyes of an artist. Mm-hmm. And so see all these different hairstylists, makeup artists, designers, photographers put you together the way they want and you don't even look like you anymore. I thought that was the most fun thing because it keeps you from fearing change because they're going to change your hair. They're going to bleach your eyebrows. They're going to they're gonna edit out that nose, girl. <laughs> so like they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do all these things to contort you into a piece of art that they're selling the fantasy of fashion in. Mm -hmm. And that used to excite me so much. It still excites me, but um, it's just very business now. I'm just like, oh, okay. They cut out my whole ass in that one. Okay. (gasps) Like work. But then, you know, I I love to tell people like on Instagram, they're like, like, cause you'll get messages from these young trans girls. And like, I want to look like you. I'm like, girl, I don't look like that. (laughs) I'm like, like, bitch, that is literally a team of 14 who got me together. (laughs) I die. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't look like that, but, you know, please keep trying to be a model. You'll look like that, but it's not going to be how you think. You're going to go home and look like this. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, get used to looking normal. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, you mentioned the fact that so many people try to give you the title of kind of activist, you know, because as you mentioned Mm -hmm. as well, you know, society or American society has always trying to like hide trans folks, right? With these Mm -hmm. stupid bathroom bills and other shit that they're trying to put out there. But you kind of adamantly said that you don't consider yourself to be an activist, but you obviously stand up for the trans community. And like you said, you're building awareness through just the acts that you do. Do you feel like there's a responsibility to be more active? I feel like we have enough activists, no shade. Uh, like <laughs> we just have the people, no, it's the people who, cause I will go on a fashion interview and they'll want to talk about like how many trans women were killed this year by, by the hand of just anti-trans violence. And I'm like, I don't know the specific statistics on that, but if you ask me about the Valentino show and the top stitch he did on that dress, I know all about that. Cause I know about fashion. Right. Ask me I know. And so you're setting me up to look stupid when really I just, I'm a model. Like I have mm. a job and I'm good at that job. And so I'm aware and I'm, conscious and I'm, I'm vocal about it. Like I post it in my stories. Like I post all these news things in my stories. I'm very vocal about the plight of my people because they are my people. Like yes. I am not separate from them. 
uh, it could happen to me. Um, when that's all fe- people focus on, instead of focusing on the good or the work that you're doing or the reason why people even know who I am, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you're, it's, it's like, okay, so I put it like this, like, what if every Jewish person in Hollywood, every interview they did was all about the Holocaust? Mm, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, why do they have to keep talking about their trauma? Right. Why do we, why do we have to talk about my trauma in every interview? I'm like, it's traumatic. And I hear about it every two weeks. They kill one of us every two weeks, statistically. Sometimes it's two every, like, at the time. And so the statistics are not good. And I think it's bullshit. And I am vocal about it. It's just every single interview being monopolized by trans violence. And I'm like, let's talk about the good we're doing. Let's talk about the slave model competition. Let's talk about the work all these girls and non-binary and guys are trans guys are doing let's talk about that like let's talk about how we're changing the world in a good way like everyone always focuses on the negative when we're doing so many positive things um just trying to live our lives like it's everyday activism is just living in to sound cliche you're true you are two gay men holding hands down a street that isn't painted in rainbow that's their activism right you know just like me because they're being visible and they're being outward with their love. And it's, yes, it's fucking dangerous. People don't know how dangerous that is. Like where, you, you know, if we're in a bad neighborhood and you see two men kissing, you're like, <gasps> yep. because it's, like, are we safe? Are you safe to do that here? We still think things like that. Right. Like it's that's not gone. And so that's why I only hang out in West Hollywood. I'm just like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how. Yeah. Cause I can wear six inch heels here and no one cares because they're not trying to clock me. They're just like, Hey girl work. I'm like, yes. So yes. I, I go where I always tell people I go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. Mm. Tolerance is not acceptance. And so I will not be tolerated by anybody because I'm a tax paying citizen <laughs> who deserves all the same rights as everyone else. And so I'm not going to be treated like a second class citizen when I have to pay the same taxes. And t- if you, if they want to put up bathroom bills and they want to keep us out of public spaces and they want to keep us from sports and all that stuff, then I don't want to pay taxes anymore. Mm. I don't think that's fair. Why should I be fixing the roads that you don't want me on? Hmm. Absolutely. You're constantly trying to erase us. I'm like, fuck you then. Like, then you don't need my, my very trans dollars. My dirty trans hands touched it. So, mm. you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Something I think of, and it's just like, like marriage equality. It's like, why should we have to, like, why do married couples get a tax break? And then gay married, gay people can't get married, but we have to pay our taxes for those people to get a tax break. Right. That's our money. Yeah. I don't think so. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's not, not, uh, 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 these rainbow dollars don't deserve to be paying cis hetero people out for doing something that's not a miracle. Mm. People get married every fucking day. Who cares? Um, it's a contract. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Oh my God. And babies, that's another thing. They're just like, it's a miracle. I'm like, this is a regular biological happening that happens all day, every day. It is not special. Congratulations yes. on your baby. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like you didn't do any kind of miracle. I'm sorry. If, if you're a trans woman that had a baby, that's a miracle. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what did you do? <laughs> I live. I live. How hard was he hitting it? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you got my cackle coming out. I live. It's I so good. <laughs> Oh, so good. No, I think, yeah, you make a really good point, though, that it's kind of like 
the the media and the people that want to talk about this stuff who actually have a voice want to keep perpetuating the same freaking story over and over and over again about the trans community oh being such a negative and more people died and another person was killed or whatever but what are you actually doing the people who have influence doing to change this narrative you're doing nothing you're literally talking to other trans folks trying to perpetuate the same effing story all the time and it's like we're not growing from this shit like us living our best lives as trans folks that is like the better story that is how we move forward as society exactly and there are better qualified people to talk about it like talk to laverne cox who is so well versed on it talk to ashley marie preston talk to Talk to any trans person who claims activist. I am a model. Talk yes. to me about clothes. I will have you, honey. I like. I just read the industry, the house down. Like just in just in a few questions, you know. Like I know all about this. Yes. And so about what we know, you're not going to ask a trans engineer like what she think about the murders this week. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, care, bitch. Like I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. So what's one thing that you've learned about yourself just being and working in this modeling and fashion industry for as long as you have? Uh, I learned that I take rejection really well. (laughs) Ah, Wow. (laughs) Because you're going to get told no a lot more than you get told yes. And I tell all the young kids that I'm like, I've been told yes, probably enough times to count in my lifetime in this industry. Mm. Like I can probably count up to that number. It's a real number. (laughs) I've been told no. I don't know how many times. Mm. I don't know how many times I've been rejected a million times, sometimes six times a day, depending (laughs) on. Yeah. And you're just like, well, all right. And sometimes they'll tell you the truth, like that the harsh tooth, like, oh, we don't like her face. Or they, she's just, she just doesn't look like, or like one of the best rejection letters was they wanted like, it was like a real people ad. And mm-hmm. they said, she just looks too expensive. And I had no makeup on. I was like this and my, my agent's not supposed to share that with me. He said, look, you didn't get the job. He said, but I want you to see why. So you don't feel bad. And I, was I like, am living for that. I was, I, I still have that email. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that felt good yes that's that's a, like let's print it out and put it on the wall kind of email like yes bitch she's too expensive for this normal people looking shit we're trying to achieve yes bitch yes! i know i was like i'm not not getting rejected by a street cast i'm like that was lovely like that's i feel good about that like i belong in bulgari <laughs> like let's keep it there exactly luxury for life bitch nothing less i love it Dripping in diamonds. Hopefully not conflict. Yeah. <laughs> We're still ethical. We're still ethical. Still ethical. I love yeah. it. So you kind of mentioned a little bit about COVID-19 and obviously it affected everyone in some kind of way. So uh, what was it for you that, you know, kept you really going during this pandemic? And then ultimately now, you know, we're nine months into 2021. So, you know, how did you kind of like keep going in this industry? Well, uh, I had to get a ring light. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. That's the first thing. So uh, luckily, um, someone gave it to me as a gift, which is lovely. The first four months of the pandemic, the government did not recognize artists or the right. need for artists. They weren't trying to help artists. They didn't care about anyone that worked in entertainment. So Hollywood was fucked as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't trying to help any of us. There was no bailouts, no nothing. They'll right. bail out a bank in the, in the, with the quickness. But everyone who provides all their entertainment year round, they're like, mm, that's not a real job. OK. Right. OK. Um, so, yes, then turn off that Netflix. Seriously. Throw away that fashion magazine. Everything that's entertaining you during the pandemic, turn it off. Because we, if that's not a real job, turn that shit off. Because that's our real, that's our livelihood. That's our blood. That's our everything. And it's to entertain you. 
Mm. And so to pretend like it's not real, go fuck yourself then. Take, turn that shit off. And so I thought, literally four months in, I thought I was going to have to go work at CVS Pharmacy. <laughs> I was like, so I'm not essential. They're making it very clear I'm not essential. And this savings is gone, bitch. I was mm. like, like, you know, rent in LA, car insurance, food. All of it. All of it. It's insane. And so I was just like, okay, like we're like broke, broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then it was, it was about, it was month five where the job started calling with COVID restrictions. And I was like, thank God. Like, I was like, oh my God, I was, I was really about to start applying. I was like, oh my God. And then look at this gap in my resume. I haven't had a real job in 10 years. It's just like, okay, so I was in this and this and this and this and this. How long did you work there? One day for about 14 hours. That exactly. Was my day rate. Like, yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, CBS can't match my day rate. Ah! <laughs> I'm like, how much an hour? Yeah. For real? Yeah. <laughs> like, For real? To stand here? No. <laughs> and look like this? No, I used to get paid to shut the hell up for hours. Hours they wouldn't pay me to talk. I and live. I talk to people with a mask on. I don't, I commend our essential workers because that is a real job and they mm-hmm. really never stopped working. And so, yeah, it was very... Very that it was scary in the beginning, but then uh, like the online job started coming in. Um, it sucks because I wanted to buy a house last year. From the money I was set to make from Pride Month alone, mm. I was literally going to buy a house in Palm Springs and just, you know, yeah, come in every couple of whatevers and drive in two hours because you know I'm a model. What I work once a week sometimes. Yeah, if I'm lucky, like if I'm lucky. But and so, uh, but all the pride gigs were canceled. So that Mm. money never came. Mm. And so, yeah, so it just, it was like a reset, but I never really got down about it because I just can't get upset about something I never had. I'm like, well, okay, back to the drawing board. I've been broke before. Let's see how this pans out. (laughs) (laughs) Because I say yes to myself. I'm like, let's give it a chance. It sucks. And I don't know, you know, and I'm no spring chicken. It's not like I'm 16 years old from Lithuania and my modeling career is blossoming. I'm like, all right. Hope this goes well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just fingers crossed. But it's always worked out. And something my mom always said too, because she'd always say, everything's going to be okay. And I remember asking, I'm like, how do you know everything's going to be okay? You always say that. I remember mm-hmm. I got frustrated. I was like 17 or something. I'm like, you always say everything's going to be okay. She's like, because it has to. Mm. It has to. She goes, things can't be bad forever. Right. She's like, so it's going to be okay. It'll be okay. And everything's always okay. She's absolutely right about that. Right. And so I'm like, everything will be okay. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm not going to worry about that because I can't do anything about it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you kind of talked about, you know, buying a house and everything, but do you have any kind of goals now in 2021 that you're kind of moving towards as the economy and things have kind of opened up, but are still kind of really freaking weird? Well, yeah, I am. Um, I hope for more e-commerce jobs i hope for i hope for a fragrance campaign i hope for more beauty campaigns i hope for like those big money campaigns that pay like two hundred fifty thousand dollars in one go mm-hmm. and you know that that's like a nest egg like can give you some security for a bit so that i just i want to be able to say no to things you know right. i've never really been in a position to be able to say no to things i always have to do it i'm like uh i'm like how much is it fine hmm. i'm still trained of color so I'm lucky to be here. And mm. so, but I would love to just be like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't like that. Like, I actually just said no yesterday mm. to an audition and it was for a trans hooker. Wow. It's in a jail cell. <laughs> yeah. Which is something I read for, 
for, I'll say Blumhouse for a movie like six, seven years ago. Hmm. And like, they're still just writing this exact role for us. And I told my manager, I said, I can't do this. I said, I can't do this. It's a bad storyline. I said, I am the Hillary Banks, the Fresh Prince of trans women. And you guys keep putting me in jail as a hooker. This isn't fair. It's right. just not fair. I'm like, they need to write better roles for us. And he was like, you know what? You're right. You are above this. And I was like, no, here's the thing. All of us are above this. I don't mm. care if you are a trans uh, sex worker in jail. You're above that job because they need to be writing us better parts. It's unfair. Why couldn't we be the movie clerk like that sells the tickets why couldn't we be the pharmacist why couldn't we be it it doesn't have to revolve around us being trans we can totally have a regular job i was a visual merchandiser for years right and so i'm like why don't we ever have regular fucking jobs like i've been a model for 17 years 17 years of my life i've been a signed model and they don't ever have trans models on tv i'm like why right i've been one my life half of my life I'm like that's and it's not a short life. It was like pretty long. Like it's it's been pretty long. So I'm just like when you don't tell these stories, it's dangerous, and I can't help push that narrative. I think it's dangerous, and so I don't know what the production house was for this one. But mm-hmm. I remember the first one I read for like that was Blumhouse, and you can check my IMDb. I played a trans hooker three or four times already, mm-hmm. and I'm like this is a dangerous narrative to keep pushing, and I don't have to. I'm not going to be the one to tell it anymore. I have I have a responsibility to everyone younger than me, to everyone older than me that knows this isn't our only story. Right. And we're not just trans people and we're and I love sex workers. Some of my best friends are sex workers, but that's that can't be the only angle you push for this mar- already marginalized people. Right. It's not fair. Right. Well, yeah. And you look at all of the trans actors in Hollywood who are working and it's the same thing. It's kind of like, why are we going to kowtow to this storyline that is oppressive to people? But not only that, not the the end all be all. And if you just keep perpetuating that over and over again, doesn't matter who you put in that role. You're not not only not uplifting the community, but you're really not telling the truth. Like you said, you know, you've been in visual yep. merchandising and modeling for 17 years. Why the hell isn't that story being told? You know? So, yeah. So fucked. It's so fucked. Cause I'm just like, I'm a real person with a real story. And I know lots of people like me, like lots of trans people of color like me who have real jobs. Like I know nurses, yeah. I know, uh, estheticians, I know like beauty girls, like beauty gurus. I'm just like, where are these stories? Like, Gigi Gorgeous, Nikita Dragon, Lademi. I'm like, those are a lot of prominent trans people who are beauty gurus. Yep. And we don't ever get cast for those things. What the fuck is that noise? Right. Yeah, it's always some white girl. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, it's always some cis hetero white girl. And I'm just like, we've seen her story already. Right. Tell our. Seriously. Yeah. So that being said, do you ever consider, I know you uh, started producing your own show, uh, Fish Tank, and I know that you've done like, and you've done other, you know, acting, acting projects and whatnot, because you've done all of these different projects, right? And you are in the acting scene as well. Do you consider or have you considered uh, like writing your own scripts or doing your own production pieces that are telling those stories that you're not seeing? I absolutely, I'm writing one based, uh, loosely based on my life and my experiences. And they'll be, it'll be complete with flashbacks, like why I am the way I am, because some people, they've never met someone like me um, mm-hmm. in my, in this flesh. Right. So everyone's like, like I've been called a Regina George. I've been called, like, I'm just like, look. And so I, I say Hillary Banks from Fresh Friends. So, cause 
I've been called like entitled and I'm just like, you're just not used to black trans women having boundaries mm-hmm. or doing their self-worth. I'm not entitled. I'm just, this is bullshit. Like I know what's bullshit. Having me play a trans hooker in a jail cell is bullshit when I've been in Vogue four times. Right. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> like you would never ask Christy Turlington to do that. Right. <laughs> okay. And so not to put myself at her level, but in the trans world, come on. I was right. like, if there's, I'm one of them. And so it's like, well, we have our own sect of modeling and that's us. Right. And so what was the question? <laughs> no, I just, are you, are you so telling the stories? It, I, got I got it. I'm literally writing my own script, like loosely based on my life. And, um, there's, there's uh, sex worker stories in there because of the ones I know. And mm-hmm. there's, there's, it's all together, but it's not the only story. Right. Like after Pose came out, Every single audition or casting I had, whether it be modeling or commercial, they would ask if we knew how to Vogue. They'd be like, do you know how to Vogue? I'm like, I've been in Vogue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm just like, I thought this was, I thought you were taking pictures. I have to. Yeah. I have to know yeah. how to kiki and fucking move my arms. Yeah. Like what? I was just doing the hand stuff like, <laughs> like that I don't really know how to do because I'm, I'm not in the scene. And I love, I love legendary. I love pose. I love the voguing, like the ballroom mm-hmm. uh, scene. I think it's great. Um, I never got into it because it, the balls usually start at like 12 o'clock at night and I'm exhausted. Uh, I mean, they don't end until the sun comes up. I'm like, yo, I need to get my beauty sleep. Some of us have pictures to take in the, mar- the morning. But, um, and so, yeah, so I never got involved, but I respect it and I respect its place in the community. But to have to ask every trans person after that if they can vote, I'm like, Hollywood, you really have no idea what's going on. Yeah, the ignorance. Yeah, we're all individuals. We have different hobbies, different specialties, different interests. And so just to place us all in the same box is like, you're doing it again. They're like, oh, they're not all sex workers like that are in jail. Now they all vogue. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's scale it back. We all do different things. Some yeah. of us work pale. Some of us are hairstylists. Some of us work construction. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't, I don't fucking know, but I know that we have all a plethora of jobs that are not just these two things. And so Hollywood, I need you to get it together because I'm writing something and it's good. It's actually really good. Cause I was a writer before. Yes. So yeah. So I'm excited for that. And yeah, I'm trying my hand at other things as well. Like I'm hosting things cause I want people to see that we're able to host. Like I'm clearly pretty easy to talk to. Um, yes, you and, are. Uh, thank you. No, but, um, and I like talking to people. It goes with my whole socialite personality where I just want to talk to new people. I love talking to new people. I am very much an extrovert who wants to learn everyone's story. I want to know all about you. Today was all about me. So sorry, everybody. But you know <laughs> what I mean? No, but at another time, I'm going to ask you all about you because I do want to know. I like volleying off of people like, oh, my God, why is this or what happened there? It's it's fun. I think it's fun. And so... Yeah, I've like I've hosted two LA Prides. I host the Slay Model competition. I hosted a show for Grinder. I hosted another show for Grinder. They only had one episode. It's on my mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, but uh, yeah, like I've just done all these different things, and so and then I was a co-writer for Fish Tank, mm-hmm. which was on Amazon Prime. I don't think it's on there anymore. I think the little thing is on there, the thumbnail, but mm-hmm. it's not available to watch anymore because our director went a different direction and mm-hmm. whatever. You know, we did it. And so. Amazing. I know. I, I remember seeing you at Pride and you were incredible and hysterical on that huge ass stage. Uh, I think Thanks. it was, yeah, 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
absolutely incredible. So I love you bring the personality, the fun. And yeah, you definitely are that socialite attitude, which I love. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can. I think it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with it. And it doesn't feel like work. It is absolute work, but right. it's just I'm so much fun. And so I want everyone else to have fun and have a good time and just enjoy the experience because we're all there for a good cause. Absolutely. So kind of looking to the future, what are maybe some goals that you have set for like this next year or like three, five, even 10 years from now? Well, I have a show coming out later this year, I believe, and I can't talk about it. Um, <laughs> I can't talk about it, but it will be public. Uh, like it, you can't avoid it. It's a major network, but yeah, I can't talk about it. But um, so there's that. And then uh, I know we've got, we're going to do another slay model competition because uh, we have to start filming that fairly soon because then other one is going on TV sooner than we thought. And so we're like, oh, shit, <laughs> we have to get another on the move. And so, um, yeah, I know we're working on that. And there are some other shows that I have my hand in uh, in producing. Amazing. Uh, just because, yeah, because they're not like casting us for anything good. So I'm going to have to start producing shit that's good. Yes, that's fantastic. So. Yeah. If you could talk to yourself, your future self in 15 years, what would you tell your future self now? Just buy the purse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. Buy the purse. Right. Uh, retail therapy helps, girl. No, but um, that is my favorite form of therapy. But um, I will say what I tell myself from 15 years, I hope if I'm where I think I'm going to be, I would tell exactly what I'd tell myself 15 years before now, like, is that everything's going to be all right. Mm. Like, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. And any self-doubts you have, just to remember what your mom says, like, call your mom. Yeah, like, and uh, continue to surround yourself with intelligent people. Because a lot of people in this town will hang out with really hot people who don't have a lot of substance. And I have been very lucky to have very hot people that have brains and opinions and convictions and they're political and they're involved in the world. Um, and, uh, I would, I know to keep those people around because if you're the smartest person in the room, there's a big problem. Mm. You know, you should always be questioning, guessing, uh, learning, always learning. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I try to be a pretty avid reader. I read news card articles all day, every day, uh, from good sources. We're not, doing Breitbart or Fox fucking news. Um, cause you had to be an idiot. Uh, <laughs> sure. But, um, what's his face? But, you know, so I think, yeah, just keep, keep up what you're doing. Everything's going to be all right. Start Botox now. Dad. Yeah. So start now. Yeah. Start now. Now, honey, now's the time. You're 34. Start it now. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. When I have nightmares, uh, it's funny. I have the most, non-threatening nightmares i remember i was filming this show that comes out later and mm. i like woke up like shaking and this girl's like what happened i said oh my god i had this dream that i ran out of toner and they didn't have any more my toner available and i just because i've been using the same toner for years i was and i she goes those are your nightmares i said oh my god you know i had another nightmare where someone like cut my hair and i didn't love the length i'm dead <laughs> and I wake up in like a cold sweat i'm like ah. oh my god <laughs> Jesus. This is some supermodel fucking nightmare shit. No, it's the dumbest shit. It's the dumbest <laughs> shit. Or you wake up early, like you have a nightmare and like you lost a tooth and you're about to hit the runway. You're like, ah! <laughs> like, 
I re- those are really nightmares that I have, and they are vivid. They feel real, bitch. I'm like, oh my god, I am vain even in my sleep. But I'm <laughs> so stupid. But those are my real nightmares. That toner one got me together. I was like, ah! like almost woke up screaming. I was like, ah! <laughs> I'm gonna wash my face properly. I live. She she goes straight to the store and goes and buys some. She's like, gotta go. Honestly truthishly like i was like oh my god i should go stock up what if that was a warning (laughs) i live it's so good so side note i have to like make note of this i'm dying how many memes and other content that you put on your ig stories can we just talk about that for five seconds because i live for it i am a meme queen and it's only my stories because my manager had me clean up my instagram because it used to be meme ass instagram with like Mm of modeling and he's like no one knows you're a model looking at this account you look like a meme account and so i had to get rid of all my memes which means i screenshot them and posted them in the story but um, but you know permanently they were gone yeah but i have so much fun posting memes i love to make people laugh i love to keep people informed because on my story it's going to be news mm-hmm. it's going to be my opinion about said article or said news mm-hmm. uh because i will trick you into learning but it's going to be stuff we all need to know like why isn't this bigger news like why and if these this many people were killed there, or uh, if this legislation just passed, like we need to know these things because so many people think that they're not political. I'm like, your doctor's political, mm-hmm. your landlord is political, your boss is political because politics control everything around us. Yeah. And so if you think you're not political, oh, you think this has nothing to do with you. Cut to Anna Winter. I'm just like, it's it's very that. I'm like, you think this has nothing to do with you? It has everything to do with us. And so. Yes, I'll post like a dick sucking meme because that's hilarious. <laughs> um, an ass eating meme because they're funny. I yes. Just, I want to laugh with my trauma. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I'll post about the environment and how we're fucked and how we need to do something about it and how it's the corporations who are really in charge of how bad the environment's getting. Your Prius isn't going to do anything. Right. It's Shell. It's BP. It's these horrible companies spilling oil into the Gulf every five minutes. And yeah. so. That's that's the one fucking up the environment, causing wildfires and tornadoes and hurricanes all fucking year. And so I'm just saying these used to be we used to have seasons like autumn and fall. And now it's fire season and hurricane season and uh, the tsunamis are coming. And so it's like, well, well, yeah, we need to find out who's accountable. And so I want to hold people accountable. I want to post the real news. So I post real news on my stories and then I post funny, nasty ass memes. And so there's usually a balance because I'm a Libra. I live. I love it. And it's so funny too, because whenever I come on your stories, I'm like, oh, here we go, girl. She's gonna she's gonna dive into this pool because we know it's gonna take a minute to get through these memes. But they're so good. And yeah, the dirty and the mix of the poli- politics and news and what we need to be knowing is incredible. So definitely go check it out. A few last questions, kind of what is one motto that or phrase that you live by? Um, oh, uh, don't don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Mm, that's really good like i don't ask you for advice so i don't care what your critique is on this thing i'm doing like it yeah yeah and that goes with anyone online like it's like because everyone's dealing with trolls at mm. like a crazy rate these days especially on twitter um and it's people who usually don't have a profile picture they're mm. on there just to gaslight you and they probably live in their mom's basement in idaho or something so i'm like you don't fit any of my bills yeah you know mine. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, lots of credi- credentials. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nothing to their name, but all the typing skills of a, a 12-year-old. But, you know. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. amazing. Well, where can people find you? Uh, and if they'd like to follow along with your work and see all your hysterical memes. I am at Aristocrat. Uh, I'm the one with the blue check mark. Uh, and you can yes. click on the memes. And yeah, you can click on the memes and it'll say supermodel socialite if you're not sure if it's Aristocrat because my name's Aris. But, um, and I'm fancy. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm Aristocrat on all platforms, I believe. And I'm verified on Facebook uh, as Aris Wanzer. And it's just me modeling because everything's pretty tame on there. I don't post any fucking memes on Facebook because there are Republican moms running rampant on Facebook. So, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the personality from me is going to be in my meme stories where you're going to see what I'm really thinking. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Arise. This has been incredible. All of your stories, all of your sharing. I I can't thank you enough. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing your show that's going to come out and all the other work that you're going to show us very shortly i'm I'm sure of it yeah thank you so much thank you for having me this is lovely of course thank you thank you thank you so much to arise wanzer for such an incredible interview sharing her stories and all the laughs this week's buddhist quote of the day is it is in enduring pain and struggles that the earth of our humanity is cultivated and it is from this earth that a capacity to be genuinely concerned for the welfare of others blossoms by daisaku ikeda Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Creative Lotus Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Zaki. Please go ahead and subscribe, rate us, and write a review. And follow me at Alan Zaki on social media. I look forward to having more amazing creative dialogues on the next episode.